with fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit. Our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Hello, and welcome to Rhyme Entertainment Showcase with your host, Rita and Mel. everyone and welcome to Rhyme Entertainment Showcase where we speak to photographer Marie Malvoisin. I'll say the French version and you can say in the American version. <laughs> okay great welcome to the show Marie. Hi how are you? Oh thank you so much for having me. Oh you're, you're welcome. welcome it's our pleasure. So tell us about your journey and, and where did your passion start with photography? So my passion for, to, uh, for photography actually started when I was 13 years old when um, my dad gave me a Polaroid camera for my birthday. And then I kind of evolved to the 35 millimeter Kodak where I would just snap all the time. Then I put it on pause and I joined the army when I was 17. And so um, eventually I was like, you know what? I have the money to, you know, purchase a nice camera because I had like the little simple point and click uh, cameras. Mm -hmm. And from there, it did, the passion and the love for it really stems. Um, in my intro video on my website, I said my love for photography stems from my inability to draw because I would have mm -hmm. all these ideas ideas in my head but I couldn't quite draw it and I was like I want to be an artist but how can I be an artist if I cannot draw mm -hmm. so from there it was just about capturing candid moments telling a story through each frame and then after I left the army I decided I wanted to go into business for myself because I wanted the autonomy and the control to kind of uh, carve out my own path and carve out my own journey yeah that's great mm -hmm. that's amazing such a contrast of different lifestyles there it is what was that like trying you know getting out of that discipline and then kind of going into your own it was very easy surprisingly because when you're in the military you don't really have a lot of space to um exercise your own individuality especially when you're on duty so i would do like little minor things that was well within the regulation like change my hair up or wear subtle makeup, the uniform, there was no getting around that. But um, when I was off duty, it was just about having to exercise my own individual style and my own niche. But the need to be an individual was pretty strong. I just kind of compartmentalized it. So I was like, okay, when I'm at work, I'm at work. But when I'm off, you know, um, duty then, and I get to be in civilian clothes, I'll just do my own thing. And so I remember sitting in the office and I was like, you know what? Um, I've done 20 years. It's time for me to do something else. And that makes me happy that I can control and I can kind of just 
really have some sense of fulfillment out of that. So surprisingly, the transition was very easy. The only thing I can say that was scary was um, the safety net, you know, the steady paycheck. And so it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, here's the grind, here's the hustle. And I've always liked chasing after the the hard yeses. So that actually spilled over. Surprisingly, um, what I learned as a logistics officer in the military translated and, and went over very well. Um, in my photography business. I was actually surprised about that. Yeah, yeah. I think because obviously um, business requires you to be able to kind of be disciplined on yourself and and not kind of go one place and then think, oh, no, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. So I think in a way that must have helped as well in terms of mindset to keep you focused. It it definitely did. On the positive side, um, because I ran operations and logistics, um, having to run an organization and having systems in place, because I'm a systems-oriented person, it was very easy. So I would have like monthly progress um, goal reports, and I'll have a yearly um, goal report that I was like, okay, these are the things that I want to accomplish um, in the next 30 days or the 90 days. And so in the military, we have what's called a quarterly training objective. Mm-hmm. And so I just translated that over. And so what I tell um, a lot of people is, yes, I'm a photographer and I'm also a writer, but I'm a businesswoman first. Mm-hmm. I spend about 80% of my time doing operations and logistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I do the actual photography and the writing because I'm always trying to make sure everything is good. Before every photo shoot, I write out a treatment, especially when I do uh, passion projects that says, okay, this is the objective. This is why I'm doing it. Who is involved? What logistics do I need to um, have? Location, time, how many people? And so I I am so organized to the point where it's almost OCD. (laughs) And I give myself a lot of wiggle room to say, okay, we're going to make adjustments. Or if the weather is bad, what is the backup plan? And so that's what really helps me stay organized. Like my Google documents have like over 500 documents of just projects. And I'll like map out like, especially when I'm doing campaigns, I'm like, hey, you know what? I want to do a campaign that showcases how to pose. Mm -hmm. And so I'll write out a treatment to say, okay, well, do I want to model or do I want to do it myself? And then um, I do actually have a video shoot this coming Thursday where I'm teaching folks how to pose. Because I find that a lot of women who are above a size two, they struggle with, well, I can't pose this way because there's no one that represents that. Mm -hmm. And so I do the research. I do a lot of research prior to a photo shoot or prior to a campaign to see, okay, what's already out there? Where's the gap? Okay, Mm -hmm. now how can I fill that gap? So the military actually helped out a lot. On the negative side, with the military, it was constant go, 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 going 150 miles per hour, mm-hmm. where I just didn't have time to kind of pause and stop. And so that leads to burnout very easily, especially when you love what you do. You can easily get burnt out in one minute. You're just like, I don't want to do nothing. I'm going to lay in bed. And then next thing you know, the whole weekend just yeah. Yeah. And your mind is going 100 miles per yeah. hour. So yeah. My business model is more stop, pause. And I even implement that for myself, where if I'm not getting a good amount of sleep, if I'm not waking up to go work out and to get my day started, I will stop and I will pause. So I've implemented into my schedule self-care. So self-care Thursday. And it's 
And it's one of those things where I will stop, go get my hair done, go get my nails done. Or sometimes I'll just lay on the couch and do nothing. Mm. Because self-care is so important. I struggled with that when I was in the military. And I struggled with the balance. Mm. And so it took me years to try to find that balance where I'm not burnt out. I'm not feeling resentful. I'm not ignoring my family. I'm not neglecting, you know, responsibilities outside of my career. So now everybody's like, you look so rested. I'm like, because if things starts to get a little overwhelming, I will stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's so important. Definitely. And this is basically an ethos that we run by as well. Mm, And something that we literally, I mean, I know obviously yourself as a coach, but it's always something that is advised to everyone that if you're almost like a hamster on the wheel, you just keep going. And before you know it, sparks are flying. Everything will just come crashing. So you okay. need to stop. And then that helps you become more productive anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, I always say to my clients that you've got to, you know, you're almost like a jug of water. And if you're empty, you can't fill yeah. everyone else's glasses. You need to have that extra that extra energy that extra love for yourself that foundation mm. in order to be able to do what you do in terms of being there and being support for so many people to feel that confident exactly um i most people say be a good multitasker you'll get a lot done in retrospect and i've actually read a lot of books on that multitasking is the worst thing you could possibly yeah, do exactly so one of the things that i used to argue was Everything is a priority, knowing that everything is a priority because mm-hmm. when you try to prioritize everything, things slip. Yeah. So for me, what I did was I list five things for that I need to take care of for that day. Mm-hmm. Three is a priority and two is a throwaway. Um, the two is if I accomplish everything that's on that list, the top three, mm-hmm. then I can kind of work on the two. And ever since I started really prioritizing what's important for either that day, that month, or that year, everything is good. And I set little goals that are very manageable. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't accomplish those goals and I don't beat myself up over it. And I always look at it as, okay, what's a priority? Is it time sensitive? Is it something for a client? Like, do I need to get an album ordered for a client? Do I need to construct the album? Um, Do I need to create a playlist or get prep for a photo shoot the next day? So I always do preparation work like a couple of days prior, build signs. I've learned not to procrastinate because then Murphy kicks in. And ever since I started really just micromanaging, I am not going to knock out these 10 tasks in a day. It's just not realistic. But if I focus on three tasks and then I do two supplementary tasks, I'm okay. And it's, it's fine. If I don't accomplish the three, I'm not going to beat myself up over it, especially if it's something that's internal to me where I can control it. I'm okay with that. But Mm. as long as the priority, I would say the priority is my client and then priority is the campaign. And then if I have to deal with external uh, resourcing or people outside of my organization to make something happen, I always bump that up on front. And then anything outside of that, it's like, you know what, I'll get to it when I get to it. And I've literally had to tell myself, all right, it's time to cut this off. Let's, let's unwind. Cause I will work from 8am to like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Cause it's what you're doing, what you love. So yeah. you don't notice time. Yeah. Yeah. But burnout, you can burn out so easily doing what you love. So now it's okay. Um, I am in the gym. So I dedicate my mornings to self-care where I will go to the gym, I'll work out, I'll clear my head, I'll, I'll do some reading or listening to an audiobook, or I'll write in my journal to kind of just get some things off of my chest. That afternoon, I'll start working and then I stop and I cut it off at like 10. So I get a good eight to 10 hours of work in. 
Awesome. That's yeah. great. So moving on to your photography. So we're looking at Bohemian Vision. So that's your, that's your photography company. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about um, Bohemian Visions and also the mission, um, because you do a mix of uh, boudoir and portrait photography. Tell us more about that exactly. So Bohemian Vision stems from my lifestyle. I have a very, even while I was in the military, I have a very unconventional way of how I live my life. And I've always looked at it from a very artistic approach of telling stories. And as soon as I got comfortable with the photography and photography became more than just a hobby, it was about capturing moments. And so like fam family portraits, engagement portraits, even a boudoir session, it's about bringing out the subject's individual personality and telling the story through the personality. So one of the things that I like to do is when a person is interested in a portrait shoot, I like to get to know them. So tell me, why do you want to do a portrait session or why do you want to do a boudoir session? And many times I get, I'm turning 40 or I lost a lot of weight or I survived um, domestic violence or I survived cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I think about that and as they're talking, I'm mapping out how am I going to tell their story to convey versus when um, you look at some portraits, you're like, oh, this is a cool shot. But then I like to look at the eyes. What is the eyes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But if the eyes are saying I'm uncomfortable and I'm feeling good about myself and I'm accomplishing that, or is it I'm uncomfortable and I'm, I don't like being in front of the camera, I pay attention to the frame. And so with uh, Bohemian Visions, it's about capturing your passion through the lens and bringing out your personality and telling a story. I love it. Yeah. I think what it is, is you're able to capture, I mean, from, from what we've seen of um, your work on your website, you're able to capture the uniqueness of each individual, which, you know, is, is an art in itself. Because, I mean, how, how do you bring that out, though, of someone who is not confident in that, even though they've got a lot inside of them and I right. know you listen to their story, but to make them feel confident in front of the camera does, does it do you do a couple of sessions with them how does it work i actually do one session so everything is captured in that one day our photo shoot session it, it spans over five hours so for a couple shoots or when i'm shooting ladies or some men who want to do makeup um the first step is i like to welcome you so you're, you're warm and inviting. And then so my glam team is there and we're all waiting for you. And you sit down in the chair and you'll have one person in your hair, styling your hair, and you have another person doing your makeup. And I like to play music. So I'll have some music playing in the background. I'll burn candles as well. So it's, it's a, a sensory experience. Yeah, right? sounds great. The sweet smell of the candles, the... The music based off of what your style and what your preference is, I build a customized playlist for you mm -hmm. and I play that. And so while you're getting your hair and makeup done, we're cracking jokes, we're talking and you're like, I'm so nervous. And that is the most common thing. Like I have a lot of clients will text me the day before. They're like, I'm nervous. Should I bring this? Should I bring that? And I'm like, yes. Well, should I wash my hair? And depending on your hair type, I'll tell you, no, or yeah, you could bring it or, um, 
should I do this? And I was like, bring the whole, whole suitcase. <laughs> bring the whole house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to wear. And I was like, don't worry about it. Uh, just bring an entire suitcase. We'll get through the whole process. So on the day of the photo shoot, you're sitting down, you're getting your hair done, you're listening to some music. I'm playing, you know, like I'm burning candles. So you're getting the whole ambiance. Oh, yeah. And most of the time I'm like, can I drink? And I'm like, no, because I want you completely sober and I want you to be in the moment and so by the time your hair and makeup is done an hour and a half has already passed so now you're like it's happening today is the day we're good and I always say in a two-hour photo shoot the first 30 minutes is going to be the most awkward I expect Mm -hmm. that and so we're like okay just have fun listen to the music get into the vibe of it and I'm like okay okay and then I start you off really slow so we do baby steps. We'll probably do something like maybe a sweater and some panties or um, a shirt, a button-down shirt, or even t-shirt and panties. I want you to start off comfortable, and I say, listen to the song. Is there a song that you want to hear? And I'm like, okay, feeling good. And I'm your biggest cheerleader. So I'm like, think about why you want to do the photo shoot. So for my ladies who want to do a photo shoot for their significant other as a gift, I'm like, think about him. Think about you know, when you felt the most sexiest. Think about when, and I'll even go as far as says, think about a time when you guys did the most naughtiest thing you thought you was going to get caught. <laughs> oh, I think it comes out. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't realize this when I don't need to know your secret. Yeah. You start thinking about that secret, it comes out. And so I'm just like, yes, queen. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God. Yeah. And I'm just like pumping you up, like, oh my God, I got the frame. Because sometimes I have an idea in my head, like, I want you to look this way. And when it comes out on camera, I'm more excited than you. I'm like, yes, we got And then they're like, okay. So I'll show them in the camera. They're like, oh my God, I look like this. And so now that confidence is starting to come out. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm looking good. And so I'll tell them, I say, look, I will put you in a pose. It's uncomfortable, but you're going to look good. And just like a camera will add 10 pounds, I can make you look like you lost 10 pounds. And so they're twisting and they're like, I'm like, okay, chin up, posture up. Now think about a time where you felt the most sexiest. And they're like, ooh. And I'll say, look down, look away, look at me. I smile. And then they're like, cool. And I'm just clicking away. So in a two hour period, I will shoot about 500 frames. Mm. And by the time we get done with the photo shoot, it's like, oh my God, I feel so great. And then so towards the end, even though they fell out of service and now I don't want to do news. I'm like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel great. And I'm like, well, I have a pose for you. Are you open to it? Because um, I like to save the nudes for the end. And I always yeah. tell them, I said, your lady parts will never be exposed. Mm-hmm. It is all about your comfort. And I pay attention to them. And I give mm-hmm. them that, that utmost attention to where it's like, how do you feel? feel good I feel really good or if I see they're uncomfortable I'll stop and I'll pause and I'm like what's wrong yeah I don't know I'm just not really I said talk to me yeah Yeah. and then we just talk and because I control the photo shoot I'm like it's about you so I always tell the clients it's for you about you made for you so it is all about you I am here to spoil you I am here to make you feel like a goddess like a queen and they're like okay I got this and I'm like, I'm just not comfortable with my body. I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of you. If you don't like your belly, don't worry about it. I'm going to have you twist it up. You're going to be sucking in your stomach. You're going to be in all kinds of positions. Now, when I show them the frame, they're like, oh, my God, yes. Then at the end of the shoot, I start calling, and then I reveal the shoot that same day. And I'm like, all right, we're going to play a game. Yes, you, you like it? No, you're going to keep it? Or we're going to throw this away? And they're like, 
oh my god this is so beautiful this is so nice i can't believe i look like this i told them to take good care of you and so they start making beautiful photos then at the end of the session we go through the sales piece and i like to give them a gift to say mm-hmm. hey, so much and then they're like i wasn't expecting this so they get like this nice little swag gift and then they get sent on their way home but the magic is when um they're done paying off their album and I send them their digital files after it's been completely edited and, and modified and enhanced. And they're like, wow, this is me. And I'm like, yes, yeah. you are been you. The world sees you like this. I just needed you to see yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then yeah. the album comes and they get their little hard copy album. And it's like, my last client, she cried. Yeah. I thought that would be really emotional, definitely. And and she was like, thank you. Thank you for helping me, like, accept myself. And thank you for helping me see myself as being more. Because when I first met her, she was a widow. And um, she was very uncomfortable with her body. And Mm. so when I delivered her album a couple months later, because a lot of my clients, they choose to do a payment plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they want the experience, and so they get albums after um, they're done paying everything off. And the album was just like, "Thank you so much. It's so perfect. Oh my god, I can't believe I look like this." I'm like, "You've always looked like this, and you've yeah. always been this way. I just needed you to see yourself." I like to say I'm a gardener. I like to plant the seed of confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you do a boudoir session or a portrait session. I always say you are the most vulnerable at your best. And so the fact that you were able to be vulnerable with me means that you have that courage to stand up and really love yourself. And self-love is one of those things where you're like, no, I'm not going to accept this type of behavior. No, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that because I love me enough not to tolerate this nonsense. And so I like to plant that seed. And to see her just full of life a couple months later, I was like, I did my job. And And she just, I mean, the tears, she was just like, thank you so much. I love my album. I feel so good. And now she's in a nice, healthy relationship. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such an empowering, again, it's, I think it's important, especially for us as women to be able to give, ourselves this gift because you know whether you're doing it for your significant other you're doing it you know just because maybe you've got the girls together and you want to do a shoot together or something but ultimately it's a gift to yourself Mm -hmm. and I really like the fact that you know again that you've dedicated that whole day to them and I think that's the best thing that they can they can actually overcome a few things just by Mm -hmm. going through that that period of not loving themselves to appreciating their body and appreciating their beauty and just having that time just to be themselves. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really, I think it's just an empowering and beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. I want an experience yeah. like that. I was like, just thinking that. would be like, amazing. We need to cruise. So you whole, need to launch out here. <laughs> <laughs> the whole day is them from, when was the last time you were spoiled? When was the last time where the world was revolved, like literally revolved around you and you had something tangible to look back on and said, you know, I am worthy. I am important. I am valuable. And so I always say, uh, it's an experience that I'm providing. 
your album and your pictures is a reminder of that experience to say you deserve to take time out to take care of yourself and yeah. so I'm like, let me and my team take care of you where you know i i work with a team of talented and phenomenal women who are all about just helping you see yourself the way the rest of the world sees yourself you know um a lot of my fellow boudoir photographers are like i'm here to empower you i would say i'm not here to empower you i like to plant the seed of empowerment because you have that power that power has always been yours mm -hmm. i'm just here to kind of like water it and nurture it and then yeah. you go out and let it grow and you gotta say you know what, I feel good, I'm great. And your whole demeanor, your body language, it starts to change. Like you're walking and your shoulders are a little bit back yeah. and your chin is up high and you're like, you know what, I got this. And you're looking in the mirror and you're like, I feel good, I look good, I am good. And then it starts to translate into your job. Like I'm very good at what I do. Yeah. And it makes people uncomfortable because that insecurity when people are extremely insecure, they take that insecurity and then they push it off to someone else. And they, they're like, no, I don't want you to be better than me. Or I don't want you to be happy. Or I don't want you to do this. I want you to be miserable with me. The hardest thing for anyone is in a pool and a sea of negativity to push past that and say, you know what? I can't control what's going on, but I can control my happiness. Mm -hmm. And people think happiness is you have to have this, or you have to be that, or you have to be married, or you have to have the kids. And I've learned early on as a teenager, um, happiness is something you define. You Success is something you define. If you are okay with being where you're at and you can wake up in the morning and be satisfied and be content and you're like, you know what? I deserve this and I'm going to go out and get it. Or, um, I'm very happy that I have my little, you know, three bedroom townhouse or I drive my little Jeep Grand Cherokee or I have $10,000 in a bank. I'm happy. That is success. Yeah. Success for me is the fact that I took a chance of taking what I love, taking a passion and turning yeah. it into a business. And I'm going into my second year and I found out that I can provide a service to someone where they're going to feel good and they're going to feel great. And even after they leave my session, that feeling is going to follow them. It's going to stay with them because every time they have that moment of doubt, they look at their pictures like, you know what? I'm great. I'm good. I'm a superwoman. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I always say, I, I cannot empower you because I don't have the power to give you something you already possess. That's, it starts here. Never mind everything that's on the outside. It all starts yeah. here. I just want to plant the seed and give that to you. And then you go off and, and shine. So, you know, never let anyone diminish your shine. You shine as bright as you want to be. Definitely. What, um, what would you say to someone who was thinking about, obviously, starting a business as a photographer? Um, obviously, you know, you felt you had that passion for it early on, but a lot of people would say, "Oh, photography is a hobby. I don't know if I can make money from it." I mean, what would you what would you say to them? Obviously, having had that success in your business, um, always be a lifelong learner. Professional development is always important. Um, I always pay to um, enhance and improve my skills. Be legitimate. Really set yourself up apart from being the hobbyist you know have have a dot-com email 
have a, a Google business, have a website, because I, since like the last couple of months, Instagram have shut down a couple of times. So how is someone supposed to see your work if Instagram exactly. now be legitimate? So like create your digital footprint where, you know, whatever your business name is, um, you should be able to Google it and find it, mm. whether it's direct or whatever your niche is. Um, approach it like a business, mm. not just a hobby. Be a legitimate business to where it's like your reputation management is there. Because like I had mentioned before, 80% of my time is spent on operations and logistics. I do more of that than the actual photography. Yeah. And ask yourself, why do you want to be a photographer? You know, do you just want to take pictures because you love what you do? Or do you really want to make a living doing this? And I absolutely love photography. I don't do enough of it, mm -hmm. but I want to build that reputation to say, you know, um, just stories that I hear of young women, especially those that are aspiring models, because I do work with models as well when I do campaign shoots, that they don't often feel safe. That most of the male photographers they have, um, they just want to see them naked. And I look at it as I work with an all-female team Regardless on what you identify as male, female, non-binary, trans, mm -hmm. uh, I create a space that is safe. So mm -hmm. I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to be safe. Because I've looked at pictures on Instagram, like this girl does not look comfortable at all. And mm -hmm. I can see, I can read expressions very easily. And it's just one of those things where a lot of my competitors, they won't shoot males because of the whole issues with, you know, safety. Um, I've learned over the years, just because I worked with nothing but males, I can kind of spot that out really yeah, easy yeah. through couples because couples, they want to be engaging, but I, I have limits as well as far as what I will do and what I will not do. Mm -hmm. I will not shoot pornography. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. how much you pay me? I'm just not going to do it because it's not about me because my attitude towards sex is very liberal because I come from foreign parents. And so we grew up with the whole, Hey, you know what? We're human beings. You celebrate your body, but not everybody shares that same sentiment. I have a team that I work with. I'm not going to put them in that situation. So it's just all about having boundaries and not deviating from those boundaries, not compromising the core values of your business mm -hmm. because money is tight or business is slim and you need to hurry up and make a buck establish the fact that it's like okay I'll do this but I'm not doing that and and making sure that it's about inclusion and acceptance and that's why for me I will shoot anyone who identifies as a human being yeah as long as you feel safe and you feel comfortable and my team feels safe and they feel comfortable and that's why I control everything the location and where we're going and how we're going to shoot and it's okay and that's kind of how I, I look at it. And that's just my experience of working around like 80, in a profession with 80% men. You can yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Wow, amazing. <laughs> so just going a little bit back into your photography, especially because dealing with women is very different to handling men on set. How do you handle, do, do men come across a little bit more nervous if they're doing something a little bit more less clothed or you know how does that work it's so funny I'm glad you mentioned that men are way more insecure than women mm. I threw a query out that says hey um, how many guys would be interested in doing a boudoir session they're like if I lose 20 pounds if I lose the pot belly gut oh no 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 I can't do that I need to like 
need to get right first or let me drop like 15 or 10 pounds. And I'm like, okay. And then a lot of the guys are like, I'll do a boudoir session. They're like, no, I'm only going to do it with my wife. Mm. A lot of times the guys will take their wives and they shield them. (laughs) I've seen that a lot and I'm shocked too. And so it's interesting what I say with, um, with men you got to look at who your audience is. And so I tend to look at, it was very hard looking, finding reference pictures for male boudoir because, you know, society has this archetype that says, you know, if you're a man and and you're going to be partially naked, you need to look like this. Mm. It's about confidence and confidence in, in the ability of being vulnerable, but shooting men is, uh, I can say is way more challenging than shooting women. Because with women, it's like, I'll just put you in a sexy pose, have you look away, and then you're good. We're, we're great. With men, it's having to navigate towards, okay, what makes you feel comfortable? What's not? Because a lot of men are like, I'm going to do a boudoir session, but I don't want to shoot with a man. And then a lot of female photographers is like, I'm not shooting men because I'm going to, you know, have, run into a situation. And so it's like, well, I'll do it. I'm comfortable with it. I've seen my fair share of naked men. It does not bother me at all. But even with naked men, it's a lot of insecurities ranging from, well, how do I showcase myself? Or I don't want to show this. And I'm like, all right, let's regroup. Let's stop. What's going on? Even when I guide and direct men, I have to crack a lot of jokes. Yeah. And get them laughing. Versus with women, I'm like, tell me a secret. But, or think about a secret that you have that you've never told anyone. And now think about it. I'm like, frame it away. And insecure men take a lot longer to shoot. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so different because, you know, in, you know, the world outside of, you know, cameras being on them, they come across so confident. Yeah, I could do this and, you know, I can do anything. I'm a man kind of thing. And then as soon as you put them in that position, oh, hang on a sec. <laughs> um, this is what out of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's quite, it's such an interesting transition to see. And then as we become more comfortable as women, they're mm-hmm. actually getting more insecure. So it's interesting to see that shift. It's funny because, um, you know, the campaign of loving the skin that you're in, body positivity, it's more geared towards women. So when you see, um, you know, pictures of plus size models, it's like, oh, I can see myself um in that individual it's funny is like when i run um facebook ads when i put a curvy girl on my ads it gets the most engagement if i put like a a normal size petite girl it gets zero engagement if i put a guy a lot of women will engage but men won't engage and so it it is so there is no body positivity for men there is no safe space for men to say it's okay to have a little dad bod or a little pooch or having a beer belly embrace it do you boo there is none of that is no you have to have the chisel abs and the six pack and the chest and the back and so for a lot of men it's like i'm not about to spend eight hours in the gym trying to achieve this look it's not happening Mm. so a lot of men overcompensate by by saying you know i have money i have cars i have materialistic things but at the end of the day insecure i can spot an insecure man very easily Mm. in a room full of people i can it's very easy for me to spot them so it's a it's a very emotional event when you ask a guy to take his shirt off yeah and there's a camera there and you're like what and you're asking a man to take his shirt off in front of a woman he's not intimate with yeah exactly (laughs) 
and it's not and it's about them it's not even about you know anything else that's gonna happen <laughs> you know it's just like, <laughs> it's all about you son <laughs> yeah but they don't understand that because you're asking them to strip down into um their true authentic self yeah a true authentic self is someone that they're not proud of that they've spent years suppressing and covering up and creating this facade or this alter ego to say, okay, well, um, I don't like this individual, so I'm going to create this alter ego that is more confident and who can pull the ladies. I remember I had a shoot with this one guy. It was just a regular portrait session. Mm-hmm. And he was so uncomfortable. And I said, I need you to walk. I need you to think about you being the most wanted man. Everybody, all the men want to be you and all the women want to be with you. And he could not do it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I need you to be the boss. I need you to be like the CEO and not the employee. Mm-hmm. And his facial expressions, I'm like, wow, okay. What's wrong? What's going on? Oh, I'm just so nervous. What is it that's making you nervous? Is it my camera? Is it me? He was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And so... In a two-hour period, there's only but so much I can do. But if we don't peel back and dissect the pathology of what is it that's making you uncomfortable? Is it the camera? Well, I don't like taking pictures. Well, why don't you like taking pictures? Come to find out because the camera and that picture really shows you who you really are. Yeah. And it's about um, just stripping you down to the very core person. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Was that a surprising factor for you, obviously coming from the military and actually working with a lot mm. of men and then obviously then taping, taking photos of them and noticing their insecurity? Was that very surprising for you? Not really. It's because my time in the military, I, some of your more insecure men are the loudest. Mm. And I always say, what are you overcompensating for? And so most of the time, um, they tend to lash out versus um, addressing in the ego and checking the ego. Because what a lot of military men, it, their careers is rooted in their ego, or more like their ego is rooted in their career. Yeah, yeah. And so if they don't get that um, top evaluation, if they don't get that top position or that top uh, promotion, it is a bad day. Mm. And people have attitudes and it's like, it's, the military is temporary. You're going to hang this uniform up. It's going to be okay. And I see it a lot where some folks can't even let the, the title go. They're like, oh, I'm retired colonel, retired general, retired lieutenant colonel, so-and-so. And I'm like, bro, keyword, you're retired. Yeah. You're yeah. Your time is old. They don't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's insecurity aspect because their identity and who they are as an individual is so deeply ingrained in that position and in that rank that when it's time to go, they don't want to let it go. And they will hold on to it for their life. And I'm like, mm-mm. that's why like, I, I tell people, yes, I'm a veteran. I spent 20 years in the military, but that's not who I am anymore. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is not my identity anymore. I am something else. Because I always ask people, when you strip away the titles of mother, spouse, sister, daughter, who are you? Mm. And I remember I came to terms with that when I was in my 20s, where I read this book. There was like, strip away all of the titles, strip away all of the positions. Who are you? 
And so that's why I built my business model. I am going to strip you down, both literally and figuratively. And now when you look at your pictures, who are you? Mm. That's amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks for this. <laughs> so where can our viewers go to find out more information about you and your services? Uh, you can go to www.bohemianvisions.com mm -hmm. or you can follow me on um, Instagram and Facebook at Bohemian Visions Photography. I also have a YouTube channel called Bohemian Visions where I kind of give some tips and advice um, geared towards a potential client of, oh, but I'm shy, but I still want to be sexy. I got you. Or just kind of some behind the scenes on how me and my team can take very good care of you. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so to end off this interview and, you know, now I'm just thinking I want an experience. So <laughs> <laughs> if we could fly over to the States, you know, we would definitely just come to you for a day of this photography experience. Of but course. what would be your final message that you would like to share with the viewers today? I end every video and every article that I write with six basic words that has a whole stem of a meaning. Say, do you, be you, love you. Do what makes you happy and gives you purpose. Be your authentic self and always love yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. 200% agreed. 1,000% <laughs> agreed. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Marie, for being such an inspirational guest on the show. And viewers, don't forget to follow Marie on Instagram, on Facebook, and go and visit her website. Thank you again, Marie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. This has been wonderful. We hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for more Rhyme Entertainment Showcase. After months of reviewing thousands of documents and conducting hundreds of interviews behind closed doors, the House January 6th committee hearings are underway. Tune in to C-SPAN as committee members question key witnesses about what transpired and why during the assault on the U.S. Capitol. Get the hearing schedule on our website at cspan.org and watch our coverage on the free C-SPAN Now app. Or listen on your smart speaker by saying play C-SPAN Radio. C-SPAN, your unfiltered view of government.